Well, it's never too early, and of course, tomorrow night we'll have the Twins Hot Stove Show at 6 o'clock here on KFGO, but it's always fun to have Seth Stoves with us here on Couch Potato Radio. Derek Hansen with you on the Mighty 790 KFGO. Talking a little uh, Twins baseball, and Seth from Twins Daily, how was Twins Fest? That looked cool this year. Yeah, you know, it was a great couple of days. They cut it down from three days to two days, which was a little different, but, you know, there were a lot of people there. A lot of excitement. Um, you know, the Diamond Awards was the Thursday before it. Uh, just a lot going on. And, and uh, you know, maybe it was the Donaldson signing, but people definitely seemed excited. Yeah, for sure. What's your take on that? You know, because I think so many people wanted a couple of new arms. They got new arms. They weren't marquee names, obviously. They're going to make almost $30 million a year. But instead they get another slugger at third base who's going to make $23 million a year or so. And, Boy, you look at that lineup, it's frightening again. It is, and like you said, I mean, Josh Donaldson, and you can look up whatever statistic you want to look at for uh, overall play, and you've got Mike Trout, then you got Mookie Betts, and then you've got Josh Donaldson. So, you know, they weren't able to get the top pitchers. Um, I mean, they were never going to get Garrett Cole or Steven Strasburg, and clearly Madison Bumgarner and Zach Wheeler weren't going to come here. But they were able to get the top remaining impact player in, in the, in the off season. So, I mean, it's great. Um, Miguel Snow moves over to first, you improve your infield defense, most likely with Donaldson at third. Um, you know, I mean, there's Donaldson's an interesting character. Uh, we'll be interested to see how that plays out over the course of the year and, and really over the next five years. But uh, man, it's it certainly excited to dream on what that offense could do. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, you know, it didn't help them, obviously, in October, but, boy, for as far as the entertainment factor, the 2019 Twins are about as enter- entertaining as any team I've ever watched in all my years of being a fan. Hopefully that can come to fruition this year. There's always talked about it, are the ball's going to be different, were they juiced last year, were the seams too tight and all that, but I have a hard time believing that Nelson Cruz, backed up by Donaldson, or however, however Rocco Baldelli wants to have that lineup, is going to be tough to stop regardless. Yeah, I mean, you could have Nelson Cruz bat leadoff and Luis Arias bat third, and you're still going to score a lot of runs. It's going to be hard to mess that up. Uh, you know, and, and a lot of the guys other than Cruz and um, and now Donaldson are all in that 23 to 29-year-old range. So while they did have breakouts last year, I don't know that anyone other than maybe Mitch Garver really exceeded any logical explanation for what they could do. So. Even if there's some regression, or or even if the baseball is, you know, goes back to normal, this is still going to be an offense that's that's going to be one of the best in baseball. Um, you know, relatively speaking, even if the baseball is much different, they're still one of the best lineups. So it's it's very exciting, and you know, even from the pitching side, they have a very strong bullpen. Their top two or three pitchers are good. They've got some guys who could be back in June and July that really are top notch. I still think they're looking to make either a trade or they've got some minor league signings potentially or the young guys that they've got. I mean, all they have to do is is uh, give the team a chance and that offense is going to uh, provide a lot of runs. Yeah, no question. What's your take? I mean, obviously we want Barrios to be that guy. When you think about who's your ace going into the postseason, Barrios has that potential. Jake Odorizzi had a great year last year. They pick up Homer Bailey and Rich Hill. I mean, where do you think they're – are they going to be one of these guys? Almost, You know, Terry Ryan would have these guys, you give them a last chance type of thing. Is that this until they can bridge it to maybe some of these 
younger guys like uh, Dobnik, who maybe you know showed signs last year, or Smeltzer? Um, how do you think this is all going to shake out here with that starting rotation? Yeah, I mean the Givens are Barrios and Odorizzi, and if if anyone should be excited about what the offseason did for starting pitchers, it's, it's Jose Barrios because frankly. The last couple of years, he's been better than Zach Wheeler and Madison Bumgarner, and look at what they got. So, um, you know, he's good. Oda Rizzi on a one-year deal for $18 million, that's almost a steal when you look at what people got. Um, and then after that, yeah, there's there's some bridge work. Um, Pineda will be back after, I think, 39 more games, and he, frankly, was their best pitcher when he went down with the suspension last year. Rich Hill is 40, coming back from an elbow uh, surgery. Uh, but when healthy, he's one of the best pitchers in baseball in terms of starting pitchers. Um, and then, you know, the fifth position, or really early in the year, the fourth and fifth position, you know, they've got talent in guys like Dobnik and Thorpe and, and Smeltzer and, and really Gratterall, even though he's probably going to start the year in the bullpen. Those are good arms, and they've got more coming. Uh, the thing is, is maybe they feel like a, a veteran might be able to just handle being a number four or number five, a Homer Bailey type. Um, there's rumors of guys like Taiwan uh, Walker or Julius Chastine, uh, rumors out there, and that's all they are. They're talking to those types of guys. Um, you know, those are the kind of guys that make make guys like Dobnik and Thorpe and Smeltzer your six, seven, and eight starters, getting ready and continuing to improve and work on things at AAA rather than your fourth and fifth starter. Pitching depth is key. Uh, every year, they don't just use five or six starters; they typically use eight to ten or twelve. Um, so having that kind of depth, it's crucial over 162 games. Yeah, and it's Seth Stoltz is with us from Twins Daily. You can check out his stuff at twinsdaily.com. That's funny you say that because Gratterall is the name that keeps on getting brought up, and maybe I'm totally wrong on this, but with the way he pitches, I'd almost rather see him be that back-end bullpen guy. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to put him in the Mariano Rivera, but, you know, he made a pretty good career doing stuff like that. I mean, just with the heat that he has to have that type of potential for one or two innings, uh, that could win you a lot of games. Yeah, and I think that's part of the reason. I mean, this is a team that's in win-now mode. Um, you know, if this was two years ago and they were coming off a bad season, you do everything you can to uh, give – give guys an opportunity to be starters so that they can pitch 150, 180 innings rather than 60 or 70 innings. But because they're in win now mode, because he missed time last year and only threw 90 innings, they're going to have to work him back up. So for now, I think it makes sense to put him in, in a bullpen role. And that doesn't necessarily mean one inning. It could mean two or three innings and right. still trying to work that up. But man, he could, uh, he's got the stuff to be a ninth inning guy and, and be dominant. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like what he's bringing to the table. He 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 could be scary, scary good for a really long time for this team. As far as some of the other pickups, I mean, I, you go into this, and it's much like last year where there's maybe some question marks in the rotation. You feel okay about the bullpen. And, of course, those two things kind of flip-flop last year, but hopefully there's more consistency coming up uh, in the you know throughout the 2020 season here. Yeah, I mean, and he might be biased, but at the Diamond Awards, uh, Rocco Baldelli was asked about the bullpen, and he says the Twins have the best bullpen in baseball. And, you know, whether you want to argue that or if you want to actually look at stats and that kind of thing, I mean, they're clearly a top five bullpen in all of baseball going into the season. Now, of course, that has to play out. Taylor Rogers has to stay healthy. The improvements we saw in the second half of guys like Trevor May, uh, Zach Littell, Tyler Duffy especially, that bullpen has a chance to be special. And then, 
I mean, one thing, you know, bringing in a guy like Tyler Clippard, who's just done it for so long and is a reverse split kind of guy, but having seen uh, Sergio Romo interact with teammates and everybody and fans at uh, the Diamond Awards, you also understand that while he only throws 87 and throws slider after slider, there's other reasons that he's valuable to this team or any team that he happens to be on with his personality, his leadership, his demeanor, all of those things that do matter um, beyond just the stats and analytics. Yeah, he's quite a character, isn't he? <laughs> he's up there with many of that we've seen in that clubhouse. I mean, I, I tried to tell you know family or friends some stories you know, after seeing him interact with fans or even teammates throughout the, the two days. And they aren't as funny, but when you see it and when you see how the, the teammates or, or fans or others respond to him, you just, you notice, you can't help but notice. Yeah, that's for sure. And I think that's, you know, the bullpens have always had a lot of characters. You think about Eddie Guardado or whatever, but uh, he he may be second to none, that is for sure. I was nice to hear that Eddie, Eddie was down there. No hard feelings with him no longer being on the coaching staff? No, in fact, uh, you know, I've kind of gotten to know his son, Nico Guardado, who's one of the stars of the new uh, reboot of Party of Five. So he and I actually sat down for about 45 minutes on Saturday uh, down there when he had some free time. And he talked a little bit about that. He goes, no, this is family. This is bigger than any of that, and I'm happy for what's happening. He's also great friends with the likes of Torrey Hunter and Latroy Hawkins and Jock Jones, all of who were there as well. Um, he holds a soft spot for this organization. He's a Twins Hall of Famer, and um, you know he, he's happy to do this kind of thing for the fans. I'm guessing Justin Morneau is pretty happy. I'm really glad to see him in the Hall of Fame, one of the more classy guys that you'll ever meet. And, you know, for this era of twins, going back to that kind of second wave of uh, players that came in about 2004, 2005, after that 2002 group came through, he was uh, second to none as far as popular and always a threat to a former American League MVP. Yeah, I mean, he was one of those guys, and Joe Maurer will do the same thing. The first year that they're on the ballot to be in the Twins Hall of Fame, they're going to make the Twins Hall of Fame. I mean, you look at he's got well over 200 career home runs in a Twins uniform, which is, I think, second uh, behind only Harmon Killebrew. No, Kent Herbeck's second, so third in the uh, organization's history. Um, But just everything he did, the MVP, he was actually having his best year the year that he got the concussion. Um, and he went on to continue to do it more. He's almost, even though he's Canadian and from Vancouver, he's become a Minnesotan and he's you know, a farmer and does a bunch. He's got five kids now. And, and, uh, it sounds like he'll be doing more games on TV this year in an analytic role. And I mean, he's very well-spoken and like you said, he was an easy choice and uh, a guy it's easy to root for. Yeah. And he's done a nice job. You can you tell he's working on his skills, being a broadcaster, not just a former analyst you know that's a former athlete that now is an analyst he's really trying to be a broadcaster too I noticed that in the second half of the season compared to the early part that is for sure you know on those lines too and I've been kind of ranting about this you may have heard it but boy Dan Gladden I mean that's that's kind of a big omission from the Hall of Fame between what he's done for the organization not only being the leadoff guy for two world championships but this is his 20th year broadcasting now too yeah, I mean, to me, he's a Hall of Famer in the Twins Hall of Fame because of the body of work. Right. I mean, frankly, he was an he was a leadoff hitter on Twins teams and had about a two ninety on base percentage. So, I mean, he was the gritty, 
uh, loud, leadery kind of uh, player on those teams that 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 matter. Um, so for me, for a, from a baseball player standpoint, probably definitely not a Hall of Famer. But like you said, the whole body of work and the fact that he's been in Twins Radio and out on caravan trips and an ambassador for the organization, um, you know, it's probably just a matter of time. But to me, um, I don't know how Cesar Tovar isn't in there already. Well, there's that either. too. Yeah, there's a few guys you could add, uh, Corey Koski's and and others. So Roy Smalley, I have no idea how he's not in the Twins Hall of Fame with what he did on the field and now off the field too. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I kind of look at the Gladden thing almost like when they're talking about Eli Manning going in the Hall of Fame in football, though, right? I mean, you're talking about the Twins Hall of Fame. You know, rings do matter. I'm sorry. And to think that he was one of the few that was on both teams, uh, I, that, that does matter to me. Not in the fact that he's been part of our summers now for two decades. That is pretty remarkable. Uh, Sesto is with us from Twins Daily. We'll wrap things up talking again about this team. We talked about the pitching, but... Miguel Sano, you know, signs a contract. He was on the Twins Hot Stove Show a couple uh, weeks ago. I think there's a lot of thought. And you think about the mid part of the season last year when he couldn't hit anything. And I remember talking with Dick Bramer. He says, you know, these power hitters, you just got to let them try to swing out of it. And he did eventually. And, you know, that grand slam home run on that Saturday night of that day-night doubleheader, I'll never forget that as long as I live. Uh, that You know, he is kind of becoming that guy right now. And uh, he seems to be very happy to stay playing at target field for 81 games a year. And you look at it, they just gave him a essentially a four-year deal that'll, I mean, assuming he gets the option, it's going to be around $40 million. About a year and a half after they had to option him to high A Fort Myers because he wasn't working, he wasn't in shape, a lot of things going wrong. And he could, it could have gone bad or it, it had, a, it was definitely the turning point. And everything he's done since then has been to dedicate himself to getting better, to getting in shape, and to becoming a better hitter. Uh, he came up this year after the uh, uh, fluke injury, um, and he did have that struggling stretch where he struck out a lot, but he was, we found out later, making mechanical adjustments on the fly in the major leagues, and that has to be so hard. And in the second half, or even the second two-thirds of the season, he became what we all thought he would or could become. And He's been an all-star, but he was playing even better than that, and I think the future is really bright, uh, assuming he has turned that corner in his career and in his life. What's your take on all the uh, the Eddie Rosario num- uh, rumors all the time? I mean, it's just constant with him, you know, possibly being moved for maybe another pitcher or whatever. You know, it wouldn't be bad to have that left-handed line bat in the lineup, though. Too, they're pretty right-handed right now. Yeah. Um, I mean, the tough part is, is that if the twins lineup wasn't so loaded, I think we would think more highly of him, uh, in the, anal- in the analytics side of it. I mean, to me, you look at, he's a guy that's going to hit, you know, 30 doubles and about 30 home runs every year. He had a tough year last year. Um, he was probably about their 10th or 12th most valuable player on the roster. And he is a guy that I'm sure if they would have had, uh, received any sort of, uh, decent to quality starting pitching offers for him. He probably would have been traded because they do have other options in the outfield. Um, it's a huge year for him. If he doesn't put up bigger numbers or doesn't improve his plate discipline at all and his defense keeps trending in the wrong direction, yeah, he's a guy that they're going to have a tough decision on next year or next year in the offseason when they have to decide if they offer him arbitration again. Yeah, it's going to be a interesting year. As far as that's concerned, though, they – you know, they have Kepler locked up. They have uh, – and what's the situation at shortstop with Polanco locked up? And 
course, they got uh, certainly a former first-round draft pick and a lot of young kids with you know Royce Lewis and a few other kids, both in the outfield in that middle infield position. I'm kind of guessing uh, you know, they're going to maybe make some decisions here, aren't they, if they do want to go and try to get some other players? Well, along with it being a big year for Eddie Rosario, it's probably a pretty big year for Byron Buxton as well. Uh, with Polanco locked up and able to play some short, with Donaldson locked up at third, uh, Buxton's going to have to try to stay healthy. And because if he's healthy, he was their MVP last year in the first half with what he does on the bases, at the plate, and uh, in obviously in the field with his speed and everything. But he's been out a lot, so this is a big year. Royce Lewis could be ready as early as as uh, the next year. Um, shortstop's an option if if Arise struggles and they move Polanco over to second. But center field is an option for Royce Lewis as well. Uh, so Buxton's going to have to have a big year because he's coming. They also have Alex Kirilov and Trevor Larnick, who are top 50 prospects in all of baseball in the outfield. Um, they've got a lot of options of guys that are big-time potential who are very close. Yeah, and we got to see Larnick at the uh, Twins Hot Stove Show. Uh, I should say the uh, Twins Winter Caravan, as you did up in Thief River, too. I know that. Uh, yeah. Saw that on uh, Facebook. So yeah, it seems to be a nice kid. It's it's going to be a fun year. Can't wait for it. I guess my final question I want to ask you is, you know, all the talk about eliminating a lot of minor league teams, and that's kind of your bread and butter on Twins Daily, Seth. Uh, it's a little heartbreaking to think of that, right? I mean, or, or is a little bit of contraction good to kind of I – mean, what's your take on all that? I mean, the only thing that I guess could be deemed a positive is that minor leaguers might actually start getting paid a living wage. Uh, which they deserve and they currently aren't, but I don't know if that's what they're trying to do or not. To me, it's unfortunate for those cities that they are talking about taking away minor right, league teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's there's a lot to still be decided in the next year, and it, it could get ugly, I think. Yeah, it's it's really a shame because, it, like you mentioned, it's such a fabric of so many of those communities. I'd, I'd hate to see that. Uh, uh, that's for sure. Seth, always appreciate your time. You're very generous with it. Twinsdaily.com, and I know you got a lot of stuff. If you are looking for a little hot stove, uh, kind of get your juices flowing for the twin season. You know, we got the first uh, preseason game, the spring training game, coming up on February 22nd. Seth, that's going to be here before you know it here on KFGO. I know players are going to be reporting within a week. I've talked to a lot of minor leaguers and major leaguers that are headed down there right now. And, man, the opening day is not going to be all that far away either. No, no. I, I kind of wish they'd stretch it out to April a little bit more because I like to do the, the spring training trip like the last week of March, right? Because then you kind of knew everything. But uh, I guess I'll... Boy, talk about first world problems, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I'm actually heading a week earlier than normal. The last week in February, Um, it's a little earlier than I normally go, but I am looking forward to maybe missing out on a little bit of cold. Okay, you and I have to go there and at least meet up at least one of the days at the same time so they don't think that I'm you and vice versa. So. (laughs) Yeah, I like that plan. Let's okay. do that. <laughs> I'll try to run into you down there. We'll probably talk to you before then, and certainly I will catch up with you that week. Seth, th- thanks so much for your time as always. I appreciate it, Derek. You bet. Seth Stowe's with us, Twins Daily, twinsdaily.com. This is Couch Potato Radio. Don't forget the Twins Hot Stove Show tomorrow night, 6 o'clock here on KFGO. With all state agents and employees go to work every day, their number one priority is protecting